Well, cool. John 3 says this, guys, because um, we've been in a series about the Father, Son, and Spirit, and so we're talking Spirit today, which is wonderful. And if you don't know, um, God is three in one, so there's only one God, but uh, one in essence, but three in like persons and personality. And the way we relate to the Father, the Son, and the Spirit actually is a bit different. I mean, similar in some ways, but different in others because they're a little bit different. And it's a beautiful thing that God went three in one, because if he would have just done one, we'd been like, well, okay, you're God, fair. You know, if he did two, we'd be like, well, that seems like a kind of a closed relationship. But because he did three, he instantly went into community, right? He instantly went into, like, learning to love one another, give preference to one another, you know, not be about us, but about each other. Um, and so anyway, the Holy Spirit to me is like the forgotten God. He really is the one that's kind of like... Um, not getting as much spotlight, which in some ways, I don't mean for this to sound like um, irre, irre, what's the word? Reverent. Thank you. Um, but I feel like he is the most humble of the Trinity. <laughs> and I know you can't really say that because it's like they're all the same. But he's constantly just being like, dude, put the spotlight on Jesus. Like, look at the Father. Like, he's never drawing attention to him. And isn't that amazing where he's living today? And maybe he's doing that same thing in our lives, where he's wanting us to say, you know what, our greatest joy is to put the spotlight right up there and to not actually turn it onto ourselves, but onto the Father and onto the Son and make a big deal about them and not us. Somebody? Yeah. Amen, amen. Um, why don't we throw this picture up there of this four-year-old boy named Jason Lomolino. Um, there's young Jay, flexing. <laughs> You know, this was a great day for me. I can't remember if it was Christmas or, or, my, or uh, my birthday, but I had received this gift, this cowboy gift, and I became the identity, as you can tell. Um, but, you know, this to me is the epitome of, of, of stoked as a four-year-old. Like, the smirk, the, the whole thing. Like, I was just stoked. Um, but I want to say this. What I was also stoked on and what I love and I see this about my kids at times is they will get a gift and not only are they stoked on the gift, they're stoked on the giver of the gift. They're stoked on dad and mom for giving them the gift. You know, and I just want to say, you can take it down if you want. Guys, the value, or not, not, that's fine. Whatever you want, Capri, you're in charge. <laughs> um, the gift of the Holy Spirit, it actually can, it can appreciate value in your life the more that you learn to honor Holy Spirit. The more that you learn to cherish it, the more that you learn to see this as a gift, that God would say, I'm not just going to be out here. I'm actually going to come near and live in you and walk amongst you and be your God, and you would be my people. Guys, I want us to grow in a relationship with Holy Spirit. I want to grow in my own life, that there would be a sensitivity to his presence, an awareness of God, of the voice of God, of the presence of God, that I would go through my life God-conscious, Aware of him. Our God is a giver, guys. He gives to us, right, himself, but he gives actually through us. So the word of God says in, in Romans 11, it says it's from him, through him, and to him are all things. To him be the glory. Isn't that good? That our God, guys, is not only just giving it to us, but it's going back through us into the place of praise, worship, and thanksgiving. 
And that, to me, even with my kids, it consummates the joy. It consummates the gift when they turn it back to dad and mom and say, thank you for this gift. It's like there's this, the entitlement comes off, and it's just great appreciation for what they've been giving. So I want to take us back to the beginning. Is that okay? Genesis 1. All right. God says, let us. Isn't that cool? Let us. What is he saying? Father, Son, Spirit, let us make man in our image and our likeness, in the image and the, and the likeness of God. And so every human, guys, has been made in the image of God. There's not a single human that wasn't made in God's image. God literally designed us to look like him, somebody. You've seen dad, you're like, dude, that kid looks a lot like dad. That's kind of what's going on with the spirit. That's why Jesus was able to walk around and be like, you've seen me, you've seen the father. And what's happening in the life of the church and the believers, guys, is we're growing in likeness. So we're all made in image because of the Holy Spirit. You're growing in the likeness of God. That you would be able to represent God or represent him into the earth. Does that make sense? Guys, if you don't know what we're here for, you're going to miss out. Guys, we're image bearers. We're literally here to bear the image of God. That the world would be like, I don't know where God is. Oh, I can see a little of him there. I want that. That was my story, guys, eight months about being around believers and be like, something smells different. Something looks different. What is all that? You know, and it was Jesus. It was Jesus. But say this, guys, what happened with Adam and Eve, it's still happening today. Instead of adoring our creator, being in awe of our creator, you know, reflecting the image of our creator. Guys, we went from a God-conscious life. Come on, guys. You all with me right now? I know it's a little quiet right now. But, guys, we went from a life of being very aware of this God and who he was to, aware, to turning that to ourselves and being self-conscious. We had face-to-face. And we still do. But Adam and Eve, guys, they beholded God. They saw God. But what ends up happening, guys, is we suddenly forget God. And we start going here. We start looking. We start trying to make our own image of what we think the world will like, what culture will like, what other people will like, what will get us something. When God says, look at me, behold me. And I say this all the time, guys, but the war is always for your gaze. (laughs) The war is always for our attention, for our worship. This is the war that we will be in until we graduate. And we're like, woohoo, there you are. Guys, this is the war that we all are in, that our attention and our gaze would be taken off of God and onto ourselves. A wise church father once said this in the 400s of the fourth century, I should say. He said, you've made us for yourself, O God, but our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Woo! that good? Guys, he made us for himself. Our hearts are literally restless until they rest in him. Yeah, say la. Guys, the Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. 
I gave you a homework assignment. I doubt a lot of you did it. But you're supposed to look in the mirror and say, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is living in me. And a finger would be great to get your attention to yourself. But literally, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is living in you. Guys, the Holy Spirit, guys, is our compass. He's always pointing us Godward, upward, heavenward to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Guys, this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He's always pointing us back to God. Look at Jesus. Consider Jesus. Most of you guys know my story, so I won't go into it deep here. But like this, the gospel that God gave to me at 21 was this. Jason, what are you living for? Isn't that good? Guys, this was the gospel. I get ambushed by the love of God. I hear the audible voice of God, and he puts it in a question. And he says, Jason, what are you living for? Guys, this is the same gospel that I still have today. And this is a gospel, guys, that can set us free when we're no longer living for us, but we're actually living for him. Guys, the news needs to be good enough that it's going to free us from me. I don't know what gospel you have, but it better be a gospel that's good enough and big enough that it could actually free you from you. Because if you can't get free from you, I promise you, you can't get free to love people. Because you're trying to get something instead of give something. And again, our God is a giver. Freely receive, Jesus said, so we need to learn to receive. Freely, come on, got some Bible scholars up in here. This mirror, it's back. The prom didn't land the first time, it's coming back. (laughs) Guys, if we're not beholding him, if we're not looking at God, if we're not more aware of him, guys, our story, our story, what we've been through, because we all have a story, right? And it's fine, and I'm not trying to like belittle anyone's story, but our story, if not, becomes the main story, right? Our life, guys, it becomes the most important life, the main life. Guys, and the main character becomes this character. I don't know if that landed again. Um, (laughs) Guys, what's the tagline of our church? Does anybody know? It's on the website. Okay. All right, we got work on this vision. That's all good. We've never been big on vision. Jesus. But right when you pop up on our website, it says, for the glory of God and the good of Isla Vista. Yeah, it really is good. And you could say it, for the glory of God and for the good of others. But I'll tell you this, guys. I've been out here for 20 years, pastored a lot of lives, have had so many people come through this church and ministry and leave and go on. And the happiest people... The happiest people, the most joyful people that have come through here and left and the ones that are still here are those that the glory of God and the good of others is what they're alive for. Straight up. Like the happiest people, the most joyful people are consumed with it's about him and it's about the good of others. Guys, the Holy Spirit is committed to helping us keep the main thing the main thing, which is Jesus that we wouldn't lose our taste for God, that we wouldn't lose our affection for our heart for God. 
Guys, this is my burden for this church, that we would be a church that stays red hot for the Lord, that we love the Lord in season, out of season, whatever you do, it does not wither. That we'd be those Psalms 1 people. It wouldn't matter. We wouldn't be so governed by our feelings that we're just, I'm just stuck. I can't do anything. When you're not living by the Spirit. And I don't mean to sound sacrilegious again. Um, guys, but the Holy Spirit is the ultimate fanboy. He is. Of Jesus. Like, he really is. He's the ultimate fanboy of Jesus. He's just like, I am obsessed with Jesus. And then the angels are like, so are we. And then all of heaven's like, so are we. And then everyone's like, wow, it's about Jesus, isn't it? Yes. And I love our story, and I love promises, and I love, like, callings and giftings and all that. Yes, 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 yes. But when you get to heaven, how much of that's going to matter when you see him face to face? It's like, that's what's going to matter, how your heart was positioned while on earth. Yeah, you are here. Call it in. <laughs> I love it. Um, could you throw up those verses? I know. God will call it any time. I just want to be ready. I want to be ready. <laughs> so, hey, this is John 16, and this is Jesus talking, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Okay, so listen. But when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak on his own, but only what he hears from the Father. And he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. Look at this, guys. This is what he's here for. He will glorify me on earth, for he will receive from me what is mine and reveal it to you. 2 Corinthians 3.18. We all draw close to him with, un, with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who are brightly reflecting the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Isn't that good? Guys, this is the Holy Spirit transforming us as we behold Jesus I don't know how it works. I just know the grace of God is so real that it will transform lives that want to be transformed. It will change things about you that you couldn't change on your own. The Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit. It's not about us having all the formulas and all together and understanding all the best self-help techniques. It honestly is about your dependency on him, your surrender, your yieldedness to him. God can work with all that stuff, but it's a heart that's yielded to him. See, guys, the gospel has always been good news. Somebody? Guys, it never gets old. It remains good news that Christ died for us. Guys, that God was crucified for the forgiveness of your sins. Somebody? Okay, sheesh. We need to, like, wake up to that. Like, literally, God was crucified for the forgiveness of sins. And then he was raised to the newness of life, that we would have literally life, that we would have the power of the Holy Spirit to live out the life that God designed us to live. Mm. Mm. Guys, church isn't about wooing you. 
It's not about like, this isn't entertainment. This isn't you leaving and like, well, the pastor was pretty good today. The worship, I don't know. I mean, went a little long, a little loud. You know, it's like, fine, we have our opinions. But at the end of the day, guys, truth is truth. God came to earth and crucified. I mean, died on a cross. That we would be forgiven, that you made white as snow, innocent in the eyes of God. Given the life of God to live in you. Jesus like, I got to get out. It's better that I could send the spirit to live in them now. And reflect my image back to the whole world. What I'm like. I mean, guys, this is a supernatural thing. This is a supernatural gospel. And if we're not careful, guys, if we're not careful, we can turn this whole thing inward and not outward. We can turn the whole thing inward. See, guys, this is an as-you-go gospel. Most of you knew I grew up in a broken home. I've been broken my whole life. In some ways, I still am, you know, and I don't wear that as an identity. I'm whole in Christ. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, But guys, as you go, as you go, God is not only healing you, but he's healing through you, right? God's not only loving you, but he's loving people through you. I mean, Jesus said, freely receive, freely give. This isn't about an arrival place. This is about a day-to-day living with God and getting transformed. And I'll tell you, if you were able to get transformed on your own, guess who would get the glory? You would. And so some of you are like all frustrated by something in your life. And sometimes that's the thing you're depending on God with. And I'm not saying he's keeping it there, but sometimes, you know, it's why you need him so much. It's not a bad thing to need God. Does everyone know this? It's actually a really good place to be. I mean, first thing Jesus says when he opens up the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor in spirit. There's the kingdom. I mean, you can just stop there and just take that verse. Blessed are the poor in spirit. There's the kingdom. There's the people who are going to get the life, the culture of God, the culture of heaven. They're going to experience the fullness, the poor in spirit. Hmm. Guys, 22 years of walking with the Lord. I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm so thankful that I don't know why he chose me to, get, to reveal the gospel with, Jason, what are you living for? But that's, that's how he gave it to me. And, and for me, when I'm not living for me, that is the sweet yams, the turkey. You know what I mean? Thanksgiving. When I'm not about me, that's the sweet place. That's the glory place. That's the place I'm most happy and my family's most happy. It's a zero when I'm living for me. Nobody's winning. And surely God ain't getting any glory. But it's hard sometimes. Can we just be honest? Is is anybody like sometimes it's a little hard living for Jesus? I might tell you one of the reasons why. Because how do I word this? Let's see. There's a type of life the Holy Spirit invites us to live. You want me to give you a little, like, hint? It's in his name. (laughs) I'm trying to crack jokes, man. Just laugh with me here. Just ha, Jason. That was funny. Thank you. Um, 
But guys, it's literally in his name. It's a holy life. This is why sometimes it's a challenge for us to live for God, because sometimes we don't want a holy life. You know, sometimes I just want to do Netflix and I want to read. I'm going to say Netflix is wrong, but I'm just saying, like, there's times I'm like, I know how bipolar I am inside sometimes. I'm like trying to watch a show and I'm reading like a, a, a Christian book and I'm like trying to grow here or the Bible. I'm like, what am I doing? Just pick one or the other. Like, what are you trying to do both? But if we want to live for Jesus, guys, we have to go counterculture. The culture is going to be going one way. And if you want that culture, you know, it's, I, I promise you this. Sometimes people are like, I feel so distant from God. Well, what's going on with what you're cho- choosing right now in this season? What you're going after in this season? Because the believer, guys, we are salmon upstream. And you are a freaking powerful salmon. Let me just tell you that. When the Holy Ghost is on you, you go. <laughs> Everyone's like, dang, that's salmon. I mean, Seriously. But regardless, even if you're not feeling that, you're still going to be going upstream. Because the culture's coming this way, right? And it's wanting to disciple us this way. And the enemy's like, hey, here's how we do things. And you're like, yeah, that sounds good. I can set that person straight. And then God's like, yo, this is how we do things. And that's not always as easy. Look at Galatians 5.17, if you would. 16 and 17, actually. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Now, the flesh, I'm going to say this. It's the you that lives apart from God. It's the you that's selfish, not selfless, okay? So that's how we can see the flesh. You don't have a sin nature. We're not a church that believes that. You have a divine nature. you got one nature. It's the nature of God, Christ in you. However, there's still a flesh. There's still us not wanting to live under, like, the reign of God. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. Somebody. Did you know that God is a wrestler? Straight up. Has anyone ever tried to wrestle with God in area of a conviction? Let me know how that went. God's a freaking strong wrestler. He'd be like, forgive Billy Bob. And you're like, heck no. You don't even know what Billy Bob did to me. And God's like, I died for your sins and the sins that were committed against you. And sometimes we're like, dude, I just want that forgiveness. But to extend it to somebody else, we're like, "Mm, you don't know what they did. I'm not saying that was right. I'm just saying he died for the sins of everyone. And then sometimes the Holy Spirit, I mean, please, I hope there's some head nods. He's like, let's not do that. Let's not say that. Let's not listen to that. Let's not talk like that. Yes? Okay, praise God. I'm like, is the Spirit alive in this church, Lord? I mean, guys, this is what the Holy Spirit does. See, and I don't put this on you. The Bible says, happy is he who doesn't convict himself in things he approves. This is Romans 14. Your conviction, you stand before the Lord. If you're in leadership in this church, I may confront things. But a lot of things, like, that's you and God. But, I mean, I tell you, I try to watch Game of Thrones. I got, like, one or two episodes in. I'm like, dude, this is soft porn. 
I couldn't watch that with Jesus's arm around me. I would feel so awkward. I'd be like, <laughs> I'm cringing, Jesus. Like, I don't, I can't do that. Guys, the spirit is a dove. He's a gentleman. There's sensitivity. You can grieve him. You can quench him. Guys, if we want God, guys, we have to go the ways of God. We can't go our own ways. When I first became a believer, I was listening to gangster rap and all these things. I had a lowrider truck before I knew the Lord. I had a lot of identity stuff. Then I raised the truck. I don't know. Anyway, bear with me in this. God was redeeming identity. (laughs) Um, But I remember when the Holy Spirit's like, we're going to give up all those CDs. And I was like, I can wrestle. And I was like, I am not giving up. This is hundreds of dollars, Lord. Do not understand. He's like, I clearly understand. I'm like, yeah, stop. (laughs) And you can do that. You can harden your heart when you hear the voice of God. That's why it doesn't keep a heart soft or tender anymore. Where you're like, I can watch Game of Thrones. I can see naked bodies. It doesn't do anything to me. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah, I mean, my heart feels grieved right now even saying that. Because some people think, like, that's okay. It's not okay. Because your future wife or husband's going to be affected by that. And your future children will also be affected by that. And I've walked with many married men, many, who still struggle with stuff because of back there. You think you're going to get married and things are going to leave. They're not going to leave. Sometimes it can even intensify because you're opening that door up now. Hmm, okay. I didn't mean to come so strong. Love you guys. You know what the Holy Spirit does love, though? Humility. Humility. It says in Isaiah 66, to this one I will look, who's humble and contrite a spirit, who trembles at my word. <laughs> Guys, the spirit is looking for humility. Because you know what humility will always do, guys? It will always glorify God. And it will always be about the good of others. That's why humility is so beautiful. When there's pride in our life, you know, arrogance, or even like, um, what's the other side? Inferiority, whatever. I don't know. There's another side. No one wanted to help me here. Insecurity. Guys, both of those are going to steal the glory. Both of those are going to put the light back on you and not on God. The humble person is so happy to give God the glory. It doesn't need any recognition. People may be like, oh, that's amazing, or this or that. It's like, thank you. But at the end of the day, you know where to hand it back. This missionary, Corey Timbooth, she would get all these accolades from people. People would be like, you're amazing. You did this. You did that. You know, And she was doing amazing things. But she would always see all those things like a bouquet of flowers. And at the end of the day, she would wrap them up and be like, here you go, Jesus. I give it all back to you. It's all yours. Because she knew who she would be without the Lord. Some of us don't know. You don't understand what the grace of God is doing in your life. It's keeping you from going these ways. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. That you're even in this room is the grace of God on your life. That's why for believers to ever think like we're better than the world, that's like the silliest thought ever. It's the grace of God. There's unbelievers that are nicer than Christians. Yes, yes, we know that. We're like, 
what do we have? We have the grace of God. We don't have a righteousness of our own. We have a righteousness that comes from God. We're not trying to earn our way into anything. We've already been given it all in him. The grace of God is real. Guys, our greatest joy as believers is upward. It's vertical. <laughs> it will always be. Before it's ever horizontal, our greatest joy is here. That's why I like the Sunday school lessons, right? Joy. Jesus, others, self. No. Oh, see, I can't even spell this. Jesus, others, you. <laughs> this crew is hard today. This crew is hard today, Lord. <laughs> um. Amen. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Just, it's good to just laugh. It's good to laugh. How do you know if you have a seared conscience? Wow, you're trying to do a Q&A during the sermon. You're lucky you're the worship pastor. <laughs> well, I think the conscience uh, can easily be seared when we're not listening to God, when we're hardening the heart you know, and things that used to move us aren't moving us, ways we used to be sensitive or aren't sensitive anymore, you know, or before that would like bother us, now we're like, eh, you know, and if we're with the Holy Spirit, again, we should be going from glory to glory, not like, well, that used to, but I'm more mature now, so that doesn't, it's like our heart should be in a place where it's like, no, that still bothers me. You know, and we're not a big sin church. Hopefully you guys all know this, right? I mean, this is probably the most we talked about sin in all of 2023. Um, because the truth is most of the church is sin conscious instead of righteous conscience, God conscience. There's constantly pointing people to their lack instead of what's been given to them in Christ. But just because we're not sin conscious doesn't mean sin's not a big deal. Because that's, we're choosing lesser pleasures, lesser joy, things we're not even made for. And then again, at the end of the day, what does it do? It turns it back on us, never upward to him. Yep. Oh, they're going Q&A. Now my neighbor wants to get in on here. He's on the shepherding team. Go ahead, Mike. Say that one more time, maybe just elaborate just a tiny bit. I see, yep. Makes sense, yes. I cannot repeat that into the podcast. That's why you come to church. You get the special stuff from the sides. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to tell you guys a story that happened 15 years ago, maybe. It still impacts my life today, and God has used this moment to shape something in me that I think I'll forever live into. Um, some of you have heard this story, but <clears throat> I was in a season for years, like, seven, 10 years, where I call it the deadly Ds. 
And these things would just sit on me, doubt and discouragement. They were always there. I woke up in them. I was fighting them all the time. I had great days, but just those things, I couldn't shake those things for whatever reason. It's part of my story. I don't put that on you. Um, and I was in one of these places where something had just happened in the church. We've lost, I've lost a lot of like right-hand guys, key leaders. So anyway, I was in another one of these seasons. And uh, in the midst of it, I just felt so low. You know, I was just having a tough day. But I knew this worship thing was going on at First Baptist Church, which is now Veronica Springs Church. Um, and I was like, I, I could feel the Holy Spirit nudging me. He's like, we should go there. And I'm like, I don't want to go there. You know, he's like, we should go there. I'm like, hmm. Anyway, it was a wrestling match. God won. Praise God. Um, so I go, but I told God, I said, okay, I'm going to go, but I'm going to go like 30 minutes late. I'm going to wear a hoodie. I'm going to sit in the back. I'm going to talk to no one. Okay? Okay. I'm going to go. You know, <laughs> I was like, Stop. I love to obey God, but I had to give him some things there. Um, anyway, I don't know how he took those. Um, so I got in the car, got there, sat in the far back um, in the corner trying to hide. Um, and then I hear the Holy Spirit just kind of very gently. The Spirit... Hear this, guys. The spirit often is very quietly. He's more into the whisper than the shout. So he whispers very, like, inviting. Why don't you go pray for that girl over there? And I'm like, hmm, you already heard what I said. You know, like, why are you bringing this up? Um, And then I I felt it a second time. I was like, okay, I got to move. I got to move now. Like, so I go to pray for her. I'm like feeling down, depressed, not clinically depressed, but just depressed, right? Just feeling down. And so I go to pray for her. And as soon as I lay hands on her, I just feel the anointing. It's like the presence of God just comes. It's just so easy to pray. I'm just speaking life over her, encouraging her. She starts crying. I'm like, that was cool. And then like, I just felt like God was like, how about one more? And I was like, one more, one more. You know, man, I kid you not. I probably prayed for like close to 10 people that night. I went in there so low. I came out of there like, Jesus is king. You know, like, who needs this? (laughs) You know, and. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I say that, guys, because sometimes the whole like the Dead Sea, right? It just the water's going in. It's never coming out. If we want the life of God, we got to let it out. We got to let it out. I mean, two weeks ago, I went on a voice memo encouragement rampage. Same story. I was having a low day. I was like, I'm done with this. Boom, boom, you know? And I just, like, encouraged, like, six different people over voicemail, right? And I just sent it to them. By then, I was like, shake that off. Let's go, you know? Like, I just don't have time to live in that stuff because so much of the time, it's about me. And it's about how I'm feeling. I can't trust my feelings. I can't trust what I'm going. Like, I don't even know what I'm going through. Um, Eleanor opened up with something like that. Like, we don't even know. What, I mean, it's the truth. But I know this, guys. Love never fails. And everyone that I encouraged that night and over the voice memos were like, thank you. Multiple were like, I needed to hear that. Guys, the Holy Spirit was sent to free us from us, to get us out of being so self-aware and more into God, more into what heaven is doing. Guys, this week, some of you are going home, and I know it's going to be kind of hard, and you're going to be around family. Um, But I just want to encourage you guys. 
And again, this is something that we can grow in as a community, where we're starting our mornings waking up more for God than for ourselves, anybody, right? And we live in days, and it's fine if you're on this train and it's working, keep on, keep on. But sometimes people are like, okay, I'm waking up. It's 10 minutes of looking at the sun. Then I do a breathing. Then I do the cold shower, and I have my mantra, and now I'm ready. You know, and it's like, that's fine. If it's working and it's you and God, keep on. But guys, there's another place you can wake up in the Lord where you wake up on your knees. And you're like, Jesus, this day is for you. God, help me not to make it about me. Help me to be about you. Holy Spirit, I'm going to need you to help me today. You know I struggle with my boss. You know my wife's been challenging, but I love her. God, my kids are hard. God, I need your help, Holy Spirit. Please help me. And then Holy Spirit's like, you're the issue, Jason, not your wife. And I'm like, okay, you're so right. That was a great reminder. That was a great reminder. But Holy Spirit, I do need your help to love her. And I need you to give grace today. You know, and you begin to talk to the Holy Spirit. This is what relationship looks like. This is how lives are changed. Your life is changed. It's not about knowing even like good verses and good things. That is good. But you got to put it into a prayer language. You got to talk to God. You got to ask the Holy Spirit for help. And if you're not careful, you will default waking up for you most days. And I know any parents in here, like, we don't have that privilege. And when you do, it sucks because you're like, why are you here? And they're like, I live here. You're like, you're right. Why do you have all those needs? I'm five. I'm like, you're right. Like, I got nothing on them. You know what I mean? Like, they're just trying to be in the home. And then I'm, the, I'm like, you know, because that's a free day. I'll tell you. I'm just going to leave you with one more thing. One of the freest days is when you realize it's all here. The problem is here. It's not out there. It's not the housemate, the roommate, the wife, the mother-in-law. She might be hard. I love you, mother-in-law, if you're listening. <laughs> My daughter's been with her for the last three weeks. Um, it's here. I need God. I need more of his love. Because, guys, we can never imagine Jesus being like, these things are hard. These people, look what they said. Do you see how they acknowledged me when I walked in? I know. We're like, oh, that's funny. Jesus saying that. Image bears, right? Representing him in the earth. Let's not give ourselves an excuse to be less than Jesus. Let's just ask Holy Spirit, please help me. You know I can't get there without you. That's a beautiful place to be when your life actually requires God and needs God. Amen, amen. All right.